When the red light goes... Take two. When the red light goes off, we're just getting started. This is Off Air with Chris Thomas and Steven Gagliano. Giving you a look behind the scenes of Atlanta's top sports station. As we take you through the top stories of the week from the world of sports and entertainment. Welcome to Off Air. All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome on in. It is the latest episode of the Off Air podcast. I am Chris Thomas, joined as always by my fellow 92.9 The Game producer, Stephen Gagliano. And Stephen, there's only one place to start this week, and that was a holy crap moment yesterday for the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, of the 10 trades made of at the NFL trading deadline, we were involved in not one, not two, but three deals highlighted by Calvin Ridley saying adieu to Atlanta and hello to Jacksonville, where everybody knows your name and everybody wants to play. Um, It was a crazy day on Dukes and Bell yesterday, I can tell you that. And uh, the Atlanta Falcons are are saying, hey, we're 4-4, we're in first place, why not? Yeah, make some moves, and and that's that's a great thing that fans love to see when their team, you know, makes these moves and and does these kind of things at a trade deadline and shows they're active. It shows they're not willing to just sit back. They added a corner, which you know is a huge need right now with Casey Hayward still on IR, with AJ Terrell's status still kind of up in the air. But yeah, obviously the uh, and by the way, how funny is it that now Dean Marlowe's last play with the Falcons essentially. <laughs> was him getting torched on that Hail Mary. Uh, he goes to Buffalo, I think, or back to Buffalo. Back to Buffalo. I so, like that, though, because it says, you know what? We're going to hold you accountable, even if you're a backup. Exactly. You make a play like that or don't make a play like that, we don't have time for your nonsense. Yeah, and but like you said, it was a wild day yesterday when that news broke. You were sitting in, obviously, with Dukes and Bell on the board. I was in here doing updates trying to follow all this stuff where the deadline is four o'clock and a lot of the Falcon stuff, the Calvin Ridley one happened right before, but then the Dean Marlowe trade and the Rashad Fenton trade, those got reported essentially after the deadline. So it's one of those Mm -hmm. things where news just kind of keeps coming out and keeps coming out. So it made for a a really fun, but a really chaotic day here. Yeah. Uh, Give me a media nugget. I had, I have it. Oh, there it is. Okay. Um, (laughs) Dramatic effect. Delayed satisfaction there. Um, So when I I went to the bathroom and then I came back into the station and we were crossing paths in the newsroom and I I was just asking you because you were doing the updates, I wanted to just make sure you had all the latest information at your disposal and you had recorded an update and... I was like, oh, you get the Falcons moves in there? You're like, yeah, I got Ridley and I got uh, Fenton. And I was like, oh, well, they just uh, traded Dean Marlowe. You're like, <laughs> Which, of it. course, they did. <laughs> Damn it. But, but honestly, though, not your fault. Because it was like, so for those who obviously listen to the station, our updates are at 20 and 40 past the hour. And the trade happened at like 416. <laughs> and I got to you. I was coming back from a bathroom break at like 4.18, and the update was at 4.20. So there was no way 
know-how for you to go back in and get the information in. So I was close. So, so while I, I was kind of listening to the commercial break, which I can do that in here, I can plug it up through the speakers while I'm still, you know, working on my updates and stuff like that. I was about 25 seconds late of, I had it, I recorded it, or I added the Dean Marlowe deal in there and I was about to send it to you. And then I clicked back into the station and I heard the update start to fire. So I was like, ah, I just missed it. So yeah, people had to wait an extra 20 minutes to hear, uh, to hear that included <clears throat> in my update. Luckily the Calvin Ridley news happened first. Right. So yeah, that was the big one. Yeah. We were able to get that in. Um, what an interesting legacy he leaves in Atlanta. What's with Atlanta and its star receivers, man. Um, uh, yeah. It's never a graceful exit. Yeah, Julio and him. I mean, I I think though you would agree it was a foregone conclusion that he was never going to play for the Falcons again. Yeah, I, that's why I I always found it so funny when you know at the beginning of the season and as the Falcons were adding pieces in the off season, everyone was saying like, oh, imagine this unit with Calvin Ridley next year. Like, no, Calvin Ridley is not going <laughs> to play for your team. He he publicly embarrassed himself the organization and put them through such a terrible situation that I don't care how productive he was in 2020 when he had that breakout season, it was not going to be worth the headache of bringing him back into the building and facing all of the questions that obviously you would face. Now I'm sure, you know, there'll be questions whenever Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith meet the media for the first time of what went into the decision of letting him go. They may explain a little bit, but that, pales in comparison to what they would have had to answer of, Hey, what's the plan for Calvin Ridley? How do you make sure he doesn't basically trip up and do this again? Well, it's funny because uh, today being Wednesday, the pod will drop tomorrow morning on Thursday, Arthur Smith will have made his weekly appearance on Dukes and Bell. He will be joining at uh, 5 PM this afternoon. So it's going to be a very interesting interview. Uh, the highs of recapping, that wacky game that we talked about on the last episode with the win over the Panthers. And then also uh, the sobering conversation of dealing with, uh, you know, letting go of a player that was supposed to be a cornerstone of your franchise for a decade. What gets an icier reaction? The answer, the inevitable answer to the Calvin Ridley question today, or when Carl asked him, about the roughing the passer penalty a few weeks ago. Oof. Uh, I, I think that one, the, the roughing the passer one, just because, A, that was after a loss and it was in the flow of a game, whereas this was completely out of their control. Right. So I think he'll come with a more uh, level-headed approach. Arthur Smith, from everything we've we've talked to him now, you know, every week since he's been the head coach of the Falcons, he just – doesn't take nonsense. Right. Like that's the best way I can describe it. He just, he, he has no time for it. He has no use for it. He will not answer it. He will brush it off and push it down every single time. So if it's a question about something that's out of his control, if it's a question that he thinks is obvious to an answer that you're just trying to get him to say the words out loud, he will not stand for it. And no. He's not – that's not a reflection on how he feels about Dukes and Bell or how he feels about the radio station or how he feels about being a coach of the Atlanta Falcons. So I have a feeling we'll get a quick but fair, stern response, and then it'll be what are we doing to, you know, 
get Marcus Mariota throwing 25 times for three touchdowns again against the Chargers. Right. And yet that, that's a great point as far as the way he answers things it has nothing to do with necessarily the, the format or the platform that he's answering the question, because just the other day I watched his press conference at the podium and one of the reporters asked him about what happened on the Dean Marlowe Hail Mary. And the reporter said, he was like, you know, is that what he's coached to do in that scenario? And Arthur Smith literally just looked at him and goes, is that a serious question? Of course <laughs> not. Like he just stared at him and he was like, if you ask me a real question, I'll give you a real answer. And so exactly. it was great. It, right. He doesn't, he just doesn't take any BS or he, do, he doesn't engage with that kind of stuff. Like you said, just to get him to say the words, he's not going to, he's not going to give in to that kind of thing, which is great. And that's what a lot of people love about Arthur Smith. And that's why I think he's a great coach for this organization. Cause he doesn't, you know, he doesn't put up with any of that kind of stuff. Yeah. This team has been in a position now where they've had, you know, between Matt Ryan leaving and Julio Jones leaving and the Calvin Ridley controversy. And then you compile that with all the losing um, you needed a guy like him to come in and be able to, handle a situation to be able to talk about a situation like this because it's not easy I mean he was a Calvin Ridley when he's healthy and out of trouble is a top eight to ten wide receiver in the league somewhere in that range so you know when you just (coughs) excuse me getting choked up thinking about it when you have to move on from a franchise player like that because of a boneheaded decision that they made off the field you know, you need the type of leader in there who can handle that situation and keep the locker room where it needs to be and keep the guys focused on one thing, which is continuing to play a brand of winning football. So it was a very, very interesting trade deadline yesterday. Super fun show. Love doing shows like that. Uh, again, something that we said after Sunday's game is like when you have big shows or big events like that, that's what makes coming in and doing this job even more fun than it is on a regular day. Exactly. And one uh, one extra thing on the Calvin Ridley trade. How about him being traded to the state where, if I'm not mistaken, isn't that where he placed the bets? Oh, got that's him a good point. I think it might have even been a game that he bet right. on. Some, 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 there's some correlation there. You're right, for sure. Yeah, I, I remember something about Florida in that story. So it, it all kind of comes full circle. All right, Steve, hit it. Now, now this topic, uh, I'm going to let you sort of steer the ship here, my friend. This is something you wanted to talk about. Yeah, so I saw it uh, a couple days ago. And, you know, as we like to do, we like to, you know, delve into the world of pop culture and, and movies and TV, all that kind of stuff. Sure so do. when I saw that James Gunn, who has directed a lot of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies and a couple other Marvel properties, if I'm not mistaken, he is actually now being tabbed to lead DC films. And I figured there's there's got to be a sports crossover here. And to kind of bring it all together, once again, I feel like this is Brett Favre going to play for the Vikings. Okay. This is, you know, I've tried other examples of this. Johnny Damon going from the Red Sox to the Yankees. Tom, that kind of Tom Glavin. Right. Yep. Tom Glavin pitching for the Mets. That is, it's such a weird thing that you can pull these examples in from different areas and aspects of life. But I wonder in, you know, the movie world, do fans see it the same way as they do in sports? I think in sports, Braves fans would say, I hated 
seeing Tom Glavin pitch for the Mets. Packers fans, it took them forever to get over Brett Favre going to the Vikings. So if you're a huge Marvel fan, are you excited to see somebody kind of defect and go lead DC films, which have been kind of, I don't know, I'll say hit or miss or stuck in the mud, whatever. No, 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 no. DC films suck. <laughs> All right. That's uh, going harder at it. <laughs> they are awful. And let me make no mistake about that. The only, I mean, I don't even, has there been a good one? Maybe the first Wonder Woman? Yeah, um, even that wasn't great. I think the two that have been good recently, and I guess that's why maybe I bump it up a little bit, is the standalone movies. You have standalone Batman, standalone Joker. But as part of the, the DC universe, that was hot garbage. So you're right there. But the Joker was isn't even a part of the DC universe, right? Right. That's what I'm saying. Like the standalone yeah. movies that, that aren't connected to the greater universe. And you enjoyed the Robert Pattinson Batman vehicle. I enjoyed it. I think it has a lot of room to get better. I did not enjoy it. Okay. I thought, slow. I thought there were individual performances that were good. I didn't mind Robert Pattinson as Batman. Um, I thought Colin Farrell was really good. Um, I thought this the uh, the Riddler was interesting. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if I'd say he was good, but he was interesting. Um, I'd say the whole third act of that movie brought it down. I think it, if it was a better yeah. ending, I think it would have been a better overall movie. But I am still excited for the direction that they could take it. And I guess, you know, a guy like James Gunn, who has shown success in this kind of arena, hopefully he's the guy that can kind of elevate it. Now, is he going to integrate that into the DC mold? I feel like they have to at some okay. point. So now, Ben Affleck like is no longer playing Batman. Right. I, there was a rumor that he was going to be, you know, coming back as part of that Flash movie, which that is a complete. Well, if James Gunn can solve that, then well, he'll make a bigger uh, impact on DC than Brett Favre ever did for the Vikings or or any of those examples. Well, isn't the actor who's play, plays the Flash like in all sorts of? He's like he like went off the deep end totally, right? Yeah, he uh, Ezra Miller. I mean, yes. it's, um, it's been a one one incident after another. Okay, so let's run it down real quick because. I, uh, and to, for the Marvel side of it real quick, I think the only way you'll see uh, people caring is if the films he was attached to now start to stink. That's um, fair. I Which, and I think they, they still have to finish the, you know, the third Guardians of the Galaxy movie before he officially transitions over. So, you know, he still has work to do over at Marvel, uh, but he has he actually got let go from that film or from the second one initially. Then they yeah. rehired him. Wasn't uh, there some he had some sort of like weird creepy yeah, old like Twitter kind of situation? Yeah, he got like retroactively canceled for something. Right. Um so, but for DC, okay. Batman is a mess after um the Christopher Nolan films because you had Ben Affleck and now Robert Pattinson, and they don't know what to do with it. Yeah. Um Wonder Woman, okay at best. The second one was terrible. The first one was okay. Um, Aquaman, I mean, I guess it was fun. Yeah. The first one. Well, and that's um, another one where you've obviously got to 
an actress involved right. in that project that now you have <laughs> to figure out something to do with her character. Right. And then uh, Justice League, there was the debacle where that movie came out and was terrible. And then they released the four and a half hour long Zack Snyder cut, which was better. But I mean, damage was kind of already done at that point. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just kind of a mess, Steve. So hopefully he can come in and it, you know what, for me, like it just, they never found like Marvel from the jump from Iron Man one and Spider-Man had the right tone and DC has never been able to hit that same tone between comedy and superhero action. It's either like too dark or it's like humor where it doesn't fit. I, I don't know. I just, I almost think they need to rejigger the entire thing and set out for a new vision of, of the universe because it's just with the way that it is now, if you're trying to patchwork it, you're always going to be miles behind Marvel at this point. Right. Well, and have you seen Black Adam yet? I have no interest. Okay. So I haven't either, but I know something that happens in the post credits scene. Okay. So I'm going to throw up a spoiler warning for anybody that doesn't want to know this. Skip <clears throat> ahead about 30 to 45 seconds. There is a scene... I guess where Henry Cavill comes back as Superman. Okay. So he kind of kicked off the whole DC universe with man of steel. Now the plan is to have him do a sequel to man of steel. Since the second one was kind of mixed with Batman v right. Superman. And again, we talked about the disaster that that was. So that's again, if you're going to keep trying to mix in new Batman, new whatever other characters with Superman that started the thing, I right. wonder how that's going to work. But he's said that, you know, Henry Cavill has said he's excited to get back into the suit and keep playing the character. So they obviously have a plan for him moving forward with James Gunn coming in. Yeah. Again, I just, I feel like he's a fine Superman, but again, the right tone. Yeah. Was the never... fact that they started that off with him, you know, murking people and snapping necks at the end probably didn't set the yeah. right tone um and just just the first move i don't it just never worked it's just the whole thing from start when they started the project whatever it was a decade ago until now the entire universe is just it's never clicked it's never worked they never had all the right pieces at the same time um, they've gone through countless directors and countless story arcs with different characters trying to weave them in and out of the universe. And I don't know. I just <clears throat> Marvel set the bar so high that they're just again, I just think DC is so far behind at this point. I think this is this kind of seems like a Hail Mary move. And uh, if this doesn't work, I don't I don't know. Maybe they'll just be some standalone movies like they did with the Batman from here on out. Um, Cause the characters are popular as ever, but you know, when you're going up against infinity war and Endgame, I mean, that's, you can't do it better than that. So, right. You know, well, and maybe that's part of their move here as far as now is the time to, to kind of reboot things and put in a renewed effort with, you know, I, I think, I think it's fair to say there's been a, 
a drop off. And we've talked about it before in the level of enthusiasm around the Marvel Cinematic oh, yeah. Universe with mm -hmm. kind of getting watered down with some of these TV shows and whatever that people. Again, not kind of. It absolutely has gotten watered <laughs> down and it's absolutely nowhere near the product it was as they were building the universe. They've gotten greedy. They've gotten sloppy. Yep. They've gotten cheap. And you can see areas. it in like, you know, even in just like the CGI of yep. a lot of these shows, it looks terrible. I mean, it's it's nowhere near the level that it was. So, yeah, maybe DC sees this as a chance of, hey, now if we're going to strike, now's the time to do it. Got to work on your hot takes, Steve. I know. Yeah, I got to got to come strong with it, baby. <laughs> All right, let's hit it. All right. So this is an interesting one to tackle here. Um, what the hell? is going on with the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, yeesh. Uh, they fire their coach this week. Then they say they're going to hire currently suspended Boston Celtics coach, Ime Udoka, to come in and try to save this sinking ship. Tuesday um, was a big day for, for guys that are suspended. Calvin Ridley, Ime yeah. Udoka, big day. And then uh, the fallout from Kyrie Irving, which for those who are uninitiated, if you've been living under a rock – um, he put out a tweet that linked to an anti-Semitic propaganda uh, documentary that he then got into a heated exchange with a reporter saying that he wasn't promoting it, but he still tweeted it out. And da, 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 da. So the entire thing is a mess in Brooklyn. And who else to turn to but the number one authority on all things NBA and keeping it real. One Mr. Charles Chuck Barkley for our Hall of Fame audio of the week. I think the NBA dropped the ball. In what way? Uh, I think he should have been suspended. Uh, I think Adam should have suspended him. First of all, Adam's Jewish. You can't take my $40 million and insult my religion. If you're going to insult me, you have the right. But I have the right to say, no, you're not going to take my $40 million and insult my religion. I think the NBA... They made a mistake. We have suspended people and fined people who have made homophobic slurs. Uh, and that, that was the right thing to do. I think if you insult the, uh, the black community, you should be suspended or fined heavily, depending. I saw they did the same thing to the kid in Minnesota this year when he made the gay slur. I think you should get suspended or fined. I think him acknowledging the Alex Jones things should have something should have happened with that, too, because that dude's crazy. I can't believe. Yeah, I mean, Steve, it's pretty cut and dry here. Uh, between the Nets organization, the owner put out a statement, the league put out a statement, and that's been the only thing that's happened so far. You can't have one of the premier players in the game. Um, they tallied his social media following. 17 million people follow Kyrie Irving on social media. So when you put that out there, um, even, even though you're not saying – hey, look at this documentary. This is what I believe. Because um, he didn't put anything with it. He just tweeted the link. Um, right. So his like defense, quote unquote, was that this is not something I believe. It's just something that I read as an effort to educate myself on different beliefs and different religions. That doesn't matter. You're, you're putting that, that content out there for 17 million people to see. Right. Yeah. With, with absolutely zero context and it, it's such a divisive issue. And 
for a league that prides itself rightfully so on the work that they've done on inclusivity and, and kind of bringing people together in times of crisis, we've seen it over the last few years for, for the NBA to go so soft on Kyrie Irving, it, it doesn't add up to, to what their messaging has been in recent years. You have guys like LeBron that have spoken out on every single issue known to man. All of a sudden he's quiet on this. The, the players association put out a statement as well. Nothing mentioning Kyrie Irving by name, no fines like Charles Barkley mentioned, like Anthony Edwards was fined earlier this year. We've obviously had the, the terrible situations with the owners in Phoenix and the Clippers a few years ago. They were heavily fined, and Donald Sterling sold the team. Robert Sarver's in the process of selling the team. How about Myers Leonard? It ended his career. That's right. So I mean, you can't be selective in who you punish and how you punish if you're the NBA or else then you're seen as, you know, kind of playing favorites. And and that's just not right. Especially, I don't know, it. the Jewish community is one that has been long persecuted. And, and it's, you know, you can't allow this kind of stuff to fester because that's how stuff advances. Yeah, especially in, uh, it's so crazy too that he plays in Brooklyn, which right. um, if you know the history between, Jewish community and the uh, African-American community in Brooklyn, there's all sorts of tensions there. And then, uh, you know, the persecuted Jewish community in and of itself, regardless of where they're located throughout the country and throughout the world sort of speaks for itself. It's yeah. This, this reminds me, sorry, uh, real quick about the Deshaun Jackson situation. If you remember that from, was that two years ago? where, you know, he, he put out a lot of things from, from leaders that were very anti-Semitic and he saw no issue with it. And he defended himself just like Kyrie Irving did. And then, but then there was a suspension. He was playing for the Eagles at that time, who their owner is Jewish, their GM is Jewish. And, you know, I, I hope that Deshaun Jackson took the proper steps to educate himself on why what he shared was so wrong. And well, he did, if you remember, that was part of his whole, Rehab tour. Right. That's right. So again, I, I think uh, leaders. Yeah. So I think similar action needs to be taken with Kyrie Irving here. Just like we talked about this with the Jermaine Burton situation at Alabama. One, you hate that it happened in the first place, but two, after it happens, you need to make sure that the proper steps are taken to ensure that they get the right education to ensure this kind of thing doesn't happen again. Or other people don't think, oh, this is okay. I can also do that. Yeah, it's so interesting because that cliche phrase, like talent is the great deodorizer. But when it reaches a level like this, you can't just sweep it under the rug. He's too big of a an athlete with too big of a global brand and a global platform um, to be able to just skate by off of this. And then – you just compound that with everything else that's going on with the team right now. It is an absolute dumpster fire um, in Brooklyn, which I mean, the, the, the one in six start or whatever else they got to got off to the firing of their coach. And then, you know, I'm sorry, but regardless of whatever comes out to be true or not, it's just another really bad optic that the, the guy you're going to bring in to replace Steve Nash is a guy who, at the very least is being accused of, uh, you know, situations in the workplace, which are less than ideal involving a female employee at the least there's speculation that it's much worse than that. 
Uh, nothing's been proven, obviously, to this point. Um, but he's essentially going to be allowed to get out under his contract, go to Brooklyn and get a fresh start. So um, for that organization to be where they are right now, it's crazy to think when they brought those guys in and then got James Harden, um, you were thinking this was going to be the next Golden State Warriors dynasty. And now it's, uh, you know, <laughs> an absolute dumpster fire. And, and it's being reflected in things like I just saw as well. Uh, they have the lowest season ticket renewal of any franchise in the NBA, and mm. they're starting to hemorrhage money as well. So, you know, the fans are speaking out. There was a group of uh, supporters the other night in front of the bench who all wore the same shirt that said end uh, anti-Semitism and uh, the men all wore yarmulkes in support. And you, there was there's a, a still image of Kyrie Irving just standing next to them waiting to inbounds a pass, and it's just like, can you have a worse possible optic if you wrote it in a movie script? And I don't, I don't think that you can. Yeah, I don't think so either. And all this coming off of an off season where Kevin Durant wanted to be traded, then wanted mm -hmm. Steve Nash and the general manager fired. Nothing happened. Now, obviously they fire Steve Nash and yeah, just <laughs> really wild. And like you mentioned, the talent thing, we knew that, Ime Udoka was going to get another shot as a coach after what happened in, in Boston, because he took the Celtics to the, to the NBA finals last year. Right. Coach like that. AJ Hinch got another job, you know, one year he he served his suspension. And after being suspended by the Astros and major league baseball, he came back and he's a manager. Alex Cora got his job back with the Red Sox after he was suspended. So these guys, they, they get their second chances and, you know, it's because of what they do. We talked about it with the Deshaun Watson situation. It's unfortunately, it's all too similar and it, it's not going to stop anytime soon. Yeah. It just, unfortunately, it seems like this Kyrie Irving stuff is colliding with a bigger societal issue that's going on right now with uh, some weird, random, seemingly out of nowhere, anti-Semitic messaging that's popped up in the world of sports and pop culture. And I, I can't quite put my finger on it, but it's obviously disgusting. And hopefully the Nets and the NBA speak up. Uh, well, on that lovely note, that will do it for this episode of the Off Air Podcast. But hey, listen, we got to keep it real. That's what's going on in the sports world right now. It's the biggest story in sports, uh, along with the NFL trade deadline, the World Series, and the college football poll coming out. We'll have some fun with that kind of stuff on the next episode. But you know, Steve, it's it's our duty as journalists to bring <laughs> journalists. journalists to bring you what's going on in the news. So hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll talk to you guys in just a couple days. For Steven Gagliano, my fellow 929 the game producer. I am at C Thomas Radio on Twitter. He is at Peeve Gagliano. This is Chris Thomas saying thank you for listening to the off-air podcast. <laughs>